It is Gardening Talk back again on a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined as per usual by Scott Sharp. Scott, how are you today? Very, very well. Beautiful day out there yet again. The sun's shining. It's uh, it's crystal clear out there today. Great Stunning. day for gardening. Oh, perfect day for gardening. Now, Scott, you've got a lot of stuff there on the table. What do you got sorted for us today? I certainly do. There's a few now, stars. They are. Now, mate, are you a uh, bar humbug sort of guy or are you, you know, deck the halls with boughs of holly sort of chap? Uh, depending on where this is going, I'll say very Christmassy. Very excellent. Well, I can't believe how early we're getting into Christmas and we've got Christmas trees at uh, work already and people are coming in and buying them and and getting set up. So I thought we might have a a talk about the different types of Christmas tree, live Christmas trees you can get. I wasn't going to talk about fake ones, of course. That wouldn't be very productive. (laughs) (laughs) But they're much easier though. They are. Well, they make a little bit of a mess as well. They molt almost. Yeah, mine doesn't. Yeah, so I thought we'd talk about Christmas trees. There's another beautiful red and white double grafted rose. Uh, some other beautiful uh, plants, calendivas, they're a type of calanchoe, very easy to look after, mate. And uh, we thought we might talk about uh, having a bit of a brew up, and I'm not talking home brew, as in your no, case. That's disappointing. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll stick with coffee then. Okay, we'll it talk is. about that. We're starting it off with Angela from Ellamore Vale, and you've just moved down from Queensland, Angela. Yeah, I have, and it kind of feels a bit like a glorious winter day today. Oh, don't give us that, Angela. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm what, sorry. And what part of Queensland did you come from for you to be able to oh, say that about... Oh, not too far uh, north. To, not too far north, just from Brisbane. Brizzy, okay. Well, look, I, I, I do grant you it is slightly warmer up there and slightly more humid, but uh, oh, gee, you've got cane toads you've got to put up with. I mean, how bad's that? I know, I know. Oh, well, um, um, cricket bats and golf clubs look after the cane toads. <laughs> I thought hockey sticks were the I way to go. Did I that live on the air? Oh, I thought oh, hockey gosh. sticks were the way That's to fine. go. I think you and Scott are going to get along quite well. Yeah. <laughs> look, you've also got, apparently you've also got a, um, a football team up there as well. Um, yeah, we do have a football team up there, and I yeah, we... don't know whether I should display my maroons. <laughs> well, see, I, 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 dis- I disagree straight away, and I point to, you know, that... The, the about Queenslanders, it's not maroon, it's maroon anyway, it's not maroon, but we've all taken it on, and Queenslanders especially. Does that say something about Queenslanders? <laughs> well, you know, we're a bit tough up there. Uh, so, look, so far we've started off, we've insulted each other now for about 30 or 40 seconds. So can I help? Can I actually help <laughs> you with anything? Great? Isn't that great? How can I help you then? Uh, listen, I've just moved into a rental property yep. here in Newcastle. Yep. And I, I've got a, a front sort of flower bed sort of thing that the past owner has actually put in. Yeah. And um, it gets a fair bit of sunlight. Yes. Um, so it actually does get probably about 80% of sunlight during the day. So what, what sort of plants are you looking to grow? What, what do you feel like growing? Um, I would really like, I'm one of these, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, I, I, I'm a lazy gardener. <laughs> so do you want to grow veggies or you just want some colour out there? What, what sort of thing? I just want some colour, some yeah. green and colour. Um, and I'm not really sure what to plant and how to do that. Well, the, the great thing is there are actually a lot of things that you would have been able to grow up in Brizzy that you, you can grow uh, down here. That some some uh-huh. of the things are a little bit tender, though, because the, the winters will get them, or you'll find things like 
you know, crotons. Uh, you know, you could probably yep. grow those out in the full sun in Brisbane, but down here, once it's just a bit too dry, the humidity is not there for the plant to sort of handle being out in the full sun. So if you yep. really want something tough to uh, to try and grow in a pot down here, uh, you know, and something you can move around with you as well, it's not going to get too big. There's a fantastic Indian hawthorn called Oriental Pearl. Now it's got a white flower on it, uh, and it's uh -huh. it's got a you know it's just a very very tough plant. It'll, it can bake out there in the sun in a pot, uh, out in a veranda, you know, out, out in the full sun with the heat, you know, coming up from around the brickwork and everything, and it, and it won't die on you. It's also not going to get so large, uh, you know, that you can't take it to your next place if you, you know, if you decide to head back north again, it'll handle it back up there. Or even if you, you know, you're heading off further south, it's just one of those really tough plants. So that one's called uh, Indian Hawthorn Oriental Pearl, and that that's a, a really fantastic plant. Uh, and lab and I don't actually have um, I don't actually have a I can't write that quickly. Are you gonna pop? this on the website for me just to double check it yeah we'll 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 get it up we'll, i'll keep on talking about it um so and oh. look and just something else that you can um you can actually get to to grow um really well that you probably couldn't get um growing up there in uh, brisbane was lavender they really do well in those hot baking conditions they'll do quite well down here but uh, really yeah yeah lavender's really lavender does yeah and you get lots and lots of flower out of lavender so uh, i think it's probably um, you know a great plan one of those two will be fantastic uh, for you and I guess just to finish up I guess we should just say welcome to Newcastle thanks for that Angela no worries Angela is gardening talk back on 2 and UrfM if you do have any questions for Scott give us a call on 49216216 and we've got Robin from Belmont North Robin how can we help you I'd just like to make a comment or perhaps ask you what can be done yes but mainly a warning um, about seven years ago my young neighbors planted after Christmas, their silver spruce yes. in the back garden. It was about four foot high then, and they planted a little way off the fence. It's now over 30 foot tall, and it proceeds all the time. You, you know, every month, it's not just one month or two months or whatever of the year, to throw its needles into my garden. Um, I'm forever raking them up but also into my swimming pool where it clags up the swimming pool filters and so on. So just a little warning, they're beautiful, and I have used them always myself, but a little warning about where to plant it afterwards. I, I think you're, you're quite right there, Robin. The, uh, you know, Christmas trees, you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, if you do get quite large. Uh, uh, well, you this know, one's about 30 foot tall yeah, now, yeah, and it, it has branches that over, overlap my fence now by about, Maybe nine, ten feet. The, the great and thing is, though, there there are a lot of smaller growing ones that keep their shape really nice. And I'm only talking a couple of meters uh, that you can get now to use as Christmas trees. So a lot of those older sort of ones, that the spruce type ones, that do get very large, and they do seem to grow a little bit quicker here because it's you know warmer and there's more water as well. Yeah. Uh, so if people do put them in the garden, yeah, they they can get a little bit out of control. But the good news is that the, yeah, there are a lot of different Christmas trees that you can get now, live ones. Yes. Well, uh, that we're going to you know, talk about, like, yeah. like to sort of place that warning because um, uh, you don't want something that's going to necessarily 
encroach on your neighbours or, or kill everything else around it. Well, that, that's it. And often people put things in, uh, you know, quite, you know, they put it close to the fence thinking, oh, it's only very small now. But, uh, you know, they, they don't bear in mind that that, that plant's yeah, actually going to be quite <laughs> devastating. Yeah. Quite large, yeah. So, look, there, there are things you have to be careful about. People often do that with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, figs, you know, ficus hilli. They, they have them inside as an indoor plant or as a standard. And then, you know, they might sort of just toss it down the backyard and it grows down through the pot and all of a sudden you've got a monster in your backyard and That's right. it's, it's and terrorising. You don't, you don't even think about what the roots are doing either. No, no. And, and um, in fact, I've had trouble with the roots of this one in, in, the, um, in the plumbing system down the back as well. So, you know, just, yeah... It's something to think about. Okay, well, th- thanks for that, Robin. Look, we're, we're going to talk about some different uh, other varieties of Christmas trees, uh, you know, t- during the program today. And there are a lot of other ones that uh, you can get that don't get so large. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to... We can't solve Robin's problem, but we uh, might make it easier for you to have a nice live Christmas tree in the house. Then we've got David from Weston. How are you doing, David? G'day. How are you? Uh, Scott, um, recently, while you were off swanning around somewhere or other, Judy was on instead... Yes. And <laughs> did you have a leaf pass? Um, anyway, she she gave a recipe for fruit fly to mix Vegemite and Malathion and uh, paint it on the the tomato steaks. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, sorry, keep yeah, keep going, mate. I went and bought an industrial strength bucket of Vegemite. Yep. And some Malathion. And I mixed it up, but I've also made some fruit fly traps out of the 1.25 litre soft drink bottles, you know, cut the top off and then vert it back in and put some in. But in that heat the other day, it's just gone like cement in the, in the bottom. Um, does it work when it dries out or should I put some water yeah. on top of it or? I, don't, I haven't caught any fruit flies in the trap. Yeah, David, no, you're going to have to hydrate that again because it just releases the scent of, of the uh, Vegemite, you know, which actually attracts the fruit fly in. So, yeah, def- definitely just sort of, you know, mix that back up into a bit of a, you know, sort of a pasty sort of slurry again. And, uh, yeah, that, that'll actually, you know, get that scent of the Vegemite out there. It's, um, yeah, it's unusual that Jude came up with a recipe, though. It's pretty, <laughs> it's almost dangerous going to her place for dinner as well. So, <laughs> She doesn't service that. No, no. Well, that quantities. I just, I just winged it. That 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 doesn't surprise me. <laughs> my kids love Jude's spaghetti bolognese, though. Like they won't. I cook my spaghetti bol at home from scratch, absolutely perfectly. Yep. But they love Jude's, and she uses weird and wonderful things like barbecue sauce and tomato sauce <laughs> and oh. I oh, know we use yeah. we use the tomatoes my wife's growing. She's got forty plants in at the moment. I think we're we're almost on a commercial scale. Oh, so they they must taste beautiful though. You know they we had some from the shops the other day and they were sort of hard and there was no taste to them. And you think oh I've got a tomato on the sandwich in you know in name only. It, you just don't get those those beautiful sugars fermenting in there and making the tomatoes taste fantastic. So yeah, growing them on the vine is the perfect way to do it. All right, thanks. I'll. Uh... I'll try and rehydrate. Yeah. I get myself hydrated. <laughs> okay, and you give those uh, fruit fly a good old feed. Any other suggestions for other remedies? Oh, the other thing that I was told and we've tried is um, getting golden circle pineapple juice, um, mixing it up 80% pineapple juice, 20% water and spraying it on the fruit itself because Apparently it makes it too sticky. The fruit fly don't like it. Yeah. Have you tried that? Is that successful? Look, I've, I've also heard about that as well. I guess it probably wouldn't harm, you know, harm adding a bit of malathion into that as well. So 
you know, if you've got some there, it's going to do the job sort of in both ways as well. If the the fruit fly lands on there, you know, it might might well absorb some of that up through its uh, you know little feet as well, and uh, hopefully is, is die it, for you. Is it okay to put malathion on edible fruit? Yeah, it's, it certainly is. Just always read the instructions, but uh, malathion is still uh, registered to use on edible plants. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, not a problem, David. Have a good afternoon. Bye. Cheers. It is a gardening talk back on 2NURFM. Now, Christmas, not too far away. We are talking about Christmas trees a little bit earlier. We were. But before we do start, when's the perfect time to put up the Christmas tree? Right, where do you stand on Christmas trees, mate? December 1st. I've, no more, no less. I've, look, I've got to agree with you about that. I have uh, Christmas lights. Well, I have. let's say I have fairy lights up yep. all year round because I have them permanently installed in my trees out the front. Of Carrington, just joyful all year round. I'm joyful all. Well, I just pick random days of joy, <laughs> so it could be any time. And all of a sudden, Forbes Street in Carrington is lit up like the Griswolds. It, like the Griswolds, yeah. And I've got the little tinsel ones as well. I, I, in truth, it's just because I'm far too lazy to take them down. <laughs> it's a massive job putting them up through the tree. You know, I have to do it in winter, and I have to cable tie them up there. And that's a fair point. It is a fair point. And in truth, I think the uh, the icicle ones are what hanging from the veranda. The spiders have invaded there and they've just sort of actually netted it all together with their webbing so to take it down would be far too dangerous now i'd have tarantulas <laughs> biting me it'd be horrid very good so what sort of trees are we looking at for christmas well i, I reckon live christmas trees yep yeah I'm, a great way to go it just makes it inside it that little bit more christmasy because it actually smells nice as that well. christmas smell yes that christmas smell yeah which apparently smells like christmas trees <laughs> apparently so <laughs> i always thought it smelled like um you know poly um styrene as you pulled away or too, far too much packaging on Christmas morning. Blowing the dust off. Yeah. So I thought Christmas trees, beautiful way to go. There are lots and lots of uh, different varieties now that you can get. You just don't have to go sort of with the old um, larger growing ones, although they still are available. And as Robin from uh, Belmont was saying, please, if you're going to stick it in the garden, in the ground, um, you know, make sure, remember, it is going to grow into a big tree, so put it in an appropriate spot. Yep. Uh, but the good thing about them is that usually they'll last in a pot for, you know, seven or eight years if you're looking after them properly. So you get them inside, uh, you put a saucer underneath them, because you still need to be able to water them, do, yep. your, do your decorations and all yep. that sort of stuff. You know, get the angel on top of the tree or the star or however you go. You're an angel or a star, man. Star. Star. We've got an angel. Um, she perches up there. She does a pretty good job every year. Fair enough. Well, you could take it in turns. One year the star, next year the angel. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Either either, either really. <laughs> True. So there's the old Norway spruce. So it forms a really nice shape. Uh, plenty of, you know, branches that stick out so yep. you can get your uh, decos on there and your tinsel all around. and make Good name too, Norway spruce. I know, I know. Yeah, all the way from Norway. 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 Norway, yeah. yeah looking, uh, but they are a, a really beautiful, uh, they're a taller growing one. Uh, so, uh, but they do have those branches you can hang it all on. There's also Cedrus diodara. It's sort of a, a grey coloured foliage, but very beautiful. It also can get quite tall, but uh, again, one where the, the branches stick out and you can get whatever you want on there, your baubles and things like that. However, there are some new different Piceas. There's one called Blue Star. Now, it's only a shorter growing one. It's, it actually comes from the Colorado spruce, and it only gets about 1.5 metres high, and that takes about 10 years to get up to, to that okay. height. So it is a really ideal plant to have as a Christmas tree. Uh, and you'd obviously just put it outside. I think later on, as the month goes on, we might talk about care of Christmas tree. We'll just talk about the varieties at the moment. Uh, now, this year, it's a beautiful grey form. Uh, it does have that, um, you know, it has that nice shape as well, the horizontal branches, yep. sort of the arms coming out, so you can deco it up. 
And the other one is Christmas Star, which is a far more conical, um, not a comical, it's conical. That conical, one. Yeah. yeah, conical. So uh, it, it's quite dense as well. Uh, it doesn't really have the branches. So more or less with this one, you'd be wrapping your tinsel around it. Um, you know, you'd stick your, your angel or whatever on top. Yep. And uh, we, we should just go out and do Christmas decorations for people. Are there people that actually get paid to go and do that? Because the way we're talking at, so, at the moment, it sounds like we know what, what we're doing. Yeah. yeah, We've opened up a market there. I think we have, and we should be uh, trying to... Uh, corner that market i reckon <laughs> the way we're going at the moment now the the uh, christmas star it doesn't get too large uh, again you can just move it um, in and out uh, probably it only gets to about oh you know two meters tall again not a not a very tall growing one but ideal to have as a christmas tree inside a really nice green color and the great thing about christmas the live ones all these pisces is they don't require too much watering so you don't want, obviously want to let them dry out but you don't want you know water don't either yeah, and drenching, you know, the, the presents, the iPhones or whatever yeah. you've got in underneath <laughs> the tree for uh, for your family. Because I know what your kids are getting for Christmas now. Oh, look, shush. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to spring for that. One of them's angling for it, but I don't know we'll get there. Uh, so she won't be listening to me. She's at school, so all's well. Very good. It is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. If you do have any questions, give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Jan from Great. I've got some problems with bugs on your lemon trees. How can I we, do. How can we help you with them? Well, I've for the last two years. Um, they start off green and end up black. Mm-hmm. And they just seem to be ruining the tree completely. Like a, a couple of years ago, I had an enormous amount of lemons. Now I'm just, if I get any at all, they're all diseased as they, as they, as they come. So it sounds like you've got uh, a bronze orange bug, and they're they're pretty prevalent at the moment. I'm sure that those little guys they people call them stink bugs as well because, yeah. like, geez, I know if you go yeah. n- go near them, it um, you know it sort of smells like me after you know a hard day's work out in the full oh, sun. I don't think yeah. you would ever smell that. Oh, <laughs> it's not so good. It's, <laughs> Greg's got a couple of pegs for his nose every Monday at about twelve o'clock as I walk in here. That's how bad it is if it's if he knows I've been working out in the sun in summer. But these stink bugs, they do do quite a ba- you know they they do quite a lot of damage, especially to yeah. the new the, the new growth. And what they're really doing is they're just in there with their little proboscis and bang, in, into the uh, into the uh, sort of the fresh new growth they go and they just suck up the sap out of the out of the tree and so you see all of a sudden all the new growth just curling over and especially when it gets warmer all those nutrients and the moisture just can't get up to where the uh, new growth is so it's the first uh, thing that will start to uh, to suffer and the the stink bugs they're pretty clever actually if they see you coming they'll go around but they'll try and hide from you uh, mm-hmm. they'll go around behind the branches now with the stink bugs, I've been talking to uh, Yates about this last week. You can use Confidor on uh, citrus trees as long as they're not fruit bearing or there's no bud or uh, you know flower on there. They are saying that you can treat that. That, that plant at that time as an ornamental plant and use Confidor on there to get rid of the uh, the uh, bronze orange bug because Confidor works really, really well on them. I've used it at, at work. It doesn't sort of kill them straight away. Uh, you go back in half an hour's time, they're starting to look a bit wobbly. Uh, you go back in two hours' time and usually they're on the ground. Uh, I know why you're smiling there, Greg. And you, they're on the ground with their legs up in the air sort of just kicking around and, and they're, on, they're on their way. Yeah, they're on their way to buggy heaven after that. 
So you can you can use confidor as long as your plant is your citrus tree is not fruit bearing. Otherwise, I think you what probably. What do you mean? It's, if it's not fruit bearing at the time. At the time of using it, so you yeah. can you can do that. Uh, the other thing you can use is malathion. See if that gives it a go. Uh, look, and some of the oils will work uh, or pyrethrum. I. Oh. I don't just think they're, they're quite strong enough to get those buggers. Uh, I think you need to yeah. use something a little bit stronger, and that's why I'm recommending Confidor. I've used it before myself, and I know it does a good and, job. And, and are these safe to use around pets? Yes, they are safe to use around pets. Uh, obviously, if you've got dogs, you just, uh, you know, stick them away until it's, you know, while you're doing your spraying, and you yeah. don't want, you know, the, if, you, if it's dripping off the plant, you wouldn't want your animals, obviously, hanging around at that time. So you just stick them away until it's dry. And then yeah. it's it's quite safe to use. Yeah, no problems at all there. Okay, then. So there's no there's no like homemade recipe that's not a, that's not a chemical. Uh, look, the, the only other thing you could use is mixing up some chilli and garlic spray. I know we've talked about this before, but I know... That sounds gr- all right. I know that sounds all right. I, you can't... Yeah, I could use that for cooking too. Well, you could just have a, <laughs> a nice steak cooking and you could just spray it with a chilli and garlic spray. What an idea. Exactly. Yeah, spray your plants, spray your steak. Yeah, I, I know Greg's going to look at me and probably say something like that I'm a monster again, but uh, you can get your hoover out apparently and you, and you can hoover. If you've got an old vacuum cleaner, you can go around and actually hoover the uh, the citrus uh, the uh, bronze orange bug off your citrus and get rid of them that way. I've also heard of people uh, getting the hose and just sort of spraying them off, but I think they'll come back with that. I like the idea yeah. of the hoover. The hoover. That's what I, I, they would. They just come back. Yeah, I reckon jump on Gumtree. Like a big like a stray cat. I've got. I've tried that with that as well. It keeps coming back. Yeah, they won't fit up the hoover. Okay, so but I'm not advocating <laughs> that in any way whatsoever. <laughs> I reckon get the Hoover. I reckon that's got a nice ring to it, and just uh, yes. and and dump I them in the garbage bin. Eat the snails. That would be perfect. If only it were a perfect world like that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed the comical side as well. Okay. Thanks for that, Jan. <laughs> no, he's Jan. He's a gardening I'm being totally serious. You do Hoover them up. That's not cats. The the bronze are. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's like that's probably less dramatic or. Yeah. Horrific as cutting heads off with scissors. Yeah, I hope the RSPCA doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> They're stink bugs. That's true, yeah, yeah. All in all, who cares? Yeah. We've got Mavis from Maryville in regards to fruit fly once again. How can we help you, Mavis? Oh, Scott, I'm just ringing in about the um, Malathion and Vegemite bend. I too heard Judy say about um, making that up and putting it on the tomato steaks, and I went ahead and I bought the Malathion. And I'm reading on the slide and it says, do not allow chemical containers or spray to get into drains, sewers, streams or ponds. Do not spray if bees are feeding on flowering plants. We'll kill bees. Yes. So, so in having said that, I decided too that I'd still use it, but I'd put it in containers mm-hmm. and I've had to think about what kind of container to put it in and how to um, um, you know, manage that. Um, but it's really important that people know that before they decide whether they're going to get it if they aren't very good at reading labels. And the other thing, um, too, is that there is a withholding period of three days. So if you spray your tomatoes and you've got silverbeet or parsley or any foliage crop, um, lettuce in the near vicinity, you have to be very careful about that you wouldn't get it on that as well. Yeah, look, absolutely. And that's whenever people come and buy a chemical from us, uh, we always, you know, go through that with them because the withholding period on a chemical is, is very, very important. And you have to treat the instructions, you know, basically as the as the law. You probably find on, um, you know, most insecticides, they're going to have that caveat about uh, killing 
killing bees and you know other insects as well. Uh, so I, I sort of I sort of wouldn't pin that one on Malathon as um, well. If it's the truth and it's written yeah, on the yeah. box, then you should take you should pay attention to that. I, I'd prefer to have not kill bees because yeah. they they function really well in the garden. Um, I was yeah, just, I was just, just wondering about using, and look, I agree with you about using it in in a fruit fly as a fruit fly trap. That's you know that's a sensible way to go. I was just wondering about though if it's a paste on. I think Jude was advocating, uh, you know, painting it onto the, the tomato was, steak. That, yeah, I, that's that's why I thought mm, mm, no, I'll try. I'll, I'll make a trap. Yeah. I won't put it on uh, exposed. Um, the other thing I thought I'd like to tell you is that um, I've inadvertently discovered that pear cider will attract and kill slugs. So if anyone's got slugs and they put a little dish of pear cider around in their garden, it will attract and kill slugs. How did you discover that? Yes. Well, I, I just happened to leave a glass out overnight, didn't I? And then, <laughs> you know, as you do sometimes. Yes. And, um, and the next day, oh, there's about five. So I put some more out and I've got five again. So um, it also attracts ants. Um, the ants love it too, but I didn't see any fruit fly in there. I've, I've heard the old story about the red wine uh, attracting the cockies and they sort of go in there and they get a bit tipsy and that's it for them. Yeah. yeah so that's interesting about the pear cider. It must yeah, be the, that particular so. pear scent that, um, that attracts them in there, yeah. Yes, and lastly, please, um, when you talk about potash, and if, if you have a, a wood barbecue, is the ash from the wood something that you can put on your garden? Oh no, no, that's that, that's completely yeah, completely different. Yeah, we'd, we'd be talking about you know a carbonised product than something that you're getting from the barbecue. No, no, potash actually is an is an element that um, that's it's potassium something, is it? Yeah, yeah, potassium sulphate. Uh, yeah, so it it is actually a uh, an element that um, is, is you're oh, actually compound. putting. Yeah, it's not that that carbon wood. Yeah, not the okay. ash. Yeah, sorry okay, about that. So yeah. I won't strew my leftover ashes from the barbecue. No, no, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go do that. <laughs> okay, right. Okay. Right, well, thank you kindly. Appreciate it, Mavis. Thank you. Yep, have a good day. Thank no you. worries, Mavis. We've got Lynn now from a Western. This is quite interesting. A feral tomato. What's a feral tomato look like, Lynn? Has it got teeth? I know, but it might as well have. It's absolutely huge. Yes. It's about two metres high and two metres wide. Yes. It was self-seeded, and it got a little bit burnt in the frost, so I cut it back, and now it's just gone berserk. You should take... So are we talking about the actual fruit here? Because, I mean, you yeah. should you should enter that in one of those big, you know... Tomato competitions. Tomato competitions. The tomatoes aren't that big to plant. Oh, okay, okay. So I thought it sounded almost like you know one of those things in giant tomato, yeah, yeah. Louisiana or something Mm. like that, where they always have huge things. No, just the plant. But the fruit are only about a cement, um, a a cement, a cent in circumference. They're only really little. What should I do with it? So, have you? It sounds like you've got a, a what is it? A sweet bite? One of the cherry tomato ones? Because they can go quite feral and just sort of spread out across the ground, and and you get a lot of tomatoes off them. Can't get to them, but oh. <laughs> so much foliage. Well, you can keep on cutting it back. Don't don't be worried about that. What I'd be more concerned about is that it sounds like you might have been using uh, you know lawn clippings or a, a very high nitrogen fertilizer, which is creating all of that green leafy growth for you, and perhaps not as much fruit as you want. And that's why I'm always talking about uh, potash here on the show uh, because people you know put in the you know tomatoes and flowering plants because they want to see the flowers or they want to get the fruit off it so the best thing to give them is that potash and if you start giving high nitrogen fertilizers then you do get a really healthy green plant or you know a bit of a feral plant like you've got but you might not get as much fruit off it as you want mm-hmm. so you just have to be careful about that and so not using your lawn clippings as well
No, I don't. But um, so can I hack it back? Can I? I'll go for it. Yeah, don't worry about that. It'll it'll right. come back a treat for you. Okay, thanks very much. Not a problem. <laughs> thanks, God. Have a good day. Okay, watch Bye. out. Watch out. Doesn't bite as well. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no worries. I loved your enthusiasm. You said, "Oh yeah, go for it. Hack it back. Get into it." <laughs> We've got Beryl now, and she's got rust on leaves. Gladioli yeah, on they, the whole plant, they, except the flowers. Yeah, they, they do get a rust on them, uh, Beryl. So the only thing you can really start to get... Have you got any fungicides at home? Uh, He's sprayed them with mancozeb. Yes. Didn't that, do anything. Uh, that's about one of the only things that's going to work for you. Macazeb Plus, copper oxychloride. I prefer copper because it seems to leave a bit more of a coating on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, rust is notoriously difficult to get rid of, and it's often it's on the underside of the leaf as well. Uh, so it's also more difficult to spray as well. You know, you're sort of up in underneath there trying to mm. trying to spray. I guess it's like working on the underside of a car. You know, mm. yeah, it's mm. it's difficult to do that, mm. and you can't put your plants up on a hoist. So uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so you do have to just try and get in there and spray. Uh, just be persistent and uh, see if you can keep it under control. Eventually, the you know the gladioli are going to die back anyway, and you, but you'll have your flowers. Uh, you know, a bit of preventative treatment maybe next year. It really just comes down to we've had some weird and wonderful weather. You know, we yes, have hot, yes. you know, then all of a sudden we have this pouring rain that goes on and on and on, and then all yes. of a sudden it's hot and humid. And, yep. you know, those sort of conditions just aren't, you know, great for plants that are susceptible no. to fungal disease. And no. gladioli are. So, uh, yeah, just you keep on using the mancozeb or the copper oxychloride and see how you go with it. Thank you very, very much. Not a problem. Have yeah. fun out there at Kilburn Bay, Beryl. I will. Have okay. a lovely Christmas. Cheers. Cheers, this gardening talk back on 2NURFM. Any questions, give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Sandy from Pelton. How can we help Hi. you, Sandy? Hi, Scott. How are you going? Pretty well. How can we help you? Um, I was just saying about these um, people with problems with bugs and diseases. Yes. I make, I make my own remedy. Yes. I have done for 25 years. Um, I boil up garlic in a large saucepan. Yes. On the... Stove, you let it cool, you strain the garlic out, dishwashing liquid, big squirt of that in it. Yep. It kills all diseases, bugs, scale, rust, everything. Yes. Except except merely bugs which you do need that confider for. Yes, yeah, merely bug can be quite uh, difficult yeah. to get to. It's got that funny coating all over it. I think what, yeah. what what's probably happening with, with yours as well is that the garlic is repelling, uh, you know, a lot of insects as well. But then you've got that, that little bit of soapy mixture in there. It makes it stick. And it, and the soapy stuff can also clog up, um, you know, the insects' pores as well and uh, scale insects and, and uh, kill them that way. Uh, yeah. yeah, look, there are just some scale insects. So, you know, you get those really, really, waxy ones that it might not work on and like you said merely bug as well but that's a fantastic um, a bit of a recipe to give a go with I might might yeah. also hurt to toss some chili in that as well just to, to build it up and uh, make it a little bit more repellent I've also also said to people if they've got problems with uh, possums or uh, you know they've got a feral cat or something like that they don't like or just the next door neighbor's cat yeah, um, like garlic yeah, you can mix up some chilli and garlic spray like you've, you've been talking about and, uh, yeah, spray that around and it just tends to, uh, you know, keep those animals away because their sm- sense of smell is just so more, uh, you know, so much more sensitive than, than ours is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the dishwashing liquid, um, my plants love it. They, it brings them up glossy and 
beautiful. Okay, okay. As yeah. long as it's not doing any harm, um, give it a go. Yeah. I, pr- I probably wouldn't over, like you said, just a squirt of it. I wouldn't overdo it um, because you don't want to be uh, harming your plants in the process. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank yeah. you, Sandy. Thank you. Okay, have a good afternoon. You too. All right, we've got Peter now from Adamstown. You've got some problems with some bamboo, Peter. Mate, I have. Uh, yeah, I've had some bamboo along the back fence. And, um, yeah, I've just sort of trimmed it right back and want to sort of know how to try and get rid of it and kill the roots. Yeah, mate, you've, you've, obviously you've had some running bamboo down there. Uh, yes, it yeah. has been there. Yeah, I yeah. never put it there, but it, um, I just want to try and get rid of it. Yeah, look, unfortunately, you've got a bit of a, a long, hard road ahead of you there. Yep. Uh, I thought because, it might. So what, what happens with monopodial bamboo? It's quite different to the clumping bamboo that we, you know, most garden centres sell now because it's it's right. quite a safe bamboo to have in your garden. But the old monopodial yep. bamboo, it, it, it's in the ground. And what happens is it sort of goes and sends out all these, this grid of rooty runners in under the soil. And then it sort of pops up and goes, ha here we are and we're about to take over the world, you know. Uh, yep. and, and so it's quite a nasty sort of plant and as you've seen, it just keeps on spreading and spreading and, and taking over everything. So what yeah. you've done is you just you cut it back um, yeah. like you have. Um, if you can get to any, you know, sort of in the vicinity of where you are that you haven't cut back, you spray that with tree and blackberry killer. And right, then, okay. then you wait for all that stuff you've cut back to start shooting up with some nice fresh new shoots. Now, at that point, then you go and spray it with uh, Trim Blackberry Killer again. Right, okay. Then just keep hitting it maybe. Over and over again until until, until it's gone, mate. And that's why I said you're about to enter a world of pain because <laughs> it, it, it won't go away easily. It's, um, no, it you know, it's not something you're going to do this weekend and maybe next weekend and then go, oh, fantastic, you know, job done. Yep. I'm going to yep. sit back and have a beer because, unfortunately, you know, your beer's going to go hot before you've killed all that bamboo. You're going to have to... <laughs> Can't have that happening. Scott. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're going to have to go back to it, you know, you know, probably on a monthly basis, I, I, yep. I'd say. You know, cut it back, um, wait for it to reshoot... Um, Go and okay. give it a good old spray. Now, the thing with tree and blackberry killer, though, is it will sort of sterilise that soil in the area that you're uh, you're going to be spraying. So that's probably what, in fact, right. you want to do. You want to get rid of it like that. So uh, definitely, you're going to have to just be very, very persistent and uh, keep your eye on it. Don't let it go and yeah. go. Oh, geez, you know, three or four months later, because it'll have um, you know come back like a monster. And it's going to come back. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, I thought that would be the case. So yeah, uh, yeah but a long, long road ahead of me. You do. Okay, then, okay. Scott, thanks for your help. That's all right. I don't like being the bearer of bad tidings, mate, but... Um, no, I, that's I, all right. I was uh, ready for it. Like like to tell it how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's great. Thanks, mate. Okay, cheers. Thanks, Peter. Right. Straight up with Scott Sharp. <laughs> now, Scott, we've wrapped up all, pretty much just about everything today, but one more thing, coffee. A bit brewing. A bit brewing, mate. How do you take it? Instant with a fancy machine at home? Ah, uh, just instant spoon, yeah. boiling water. See, I've, I've, I haven't got one of those. I wish in- I had something better than that. <laughs> I, well, I haven't got one of those machines because I've heard people talk about how much they are. And yep. My theory is I've got this perfectly good coffee shop down the road. I can go for a nice, pleasant walk with the dog in the morning. I can yep. give them my $3.50. Um, they can make me a, a coffee every morning. I have a chat with people. And Social. I've, and I've saved myself thousands and thousands of dollars. Instead of buying a coffee machine. Instead of buying a really flash coffee machine, yeah. <laughs> Also the same, you know, just a teaspoon, boiling water, Absolutely. a bit of milk. But there is something you can do, not spend a whole lot of money, yep. and you can have your own coffee at home. You can grow your own coffee plant. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can do that at home? Oh, yeah. It's absolutely dead set easy. And they are a beautiful, beautiful plant to have in the garden. They'll grow... Well, we've got one sort of at work out in the full sun, but they do do a little bit better in a shady spot. Yep. And they just... They do. They grow their beans like you wouldn't believe. There's a little bit more to it, obviously, than just sort of, you sticking know, getting... in the ground. Yeah, and, and sticking it in your cup and all, all of a sudden yep. you've got a cup of coffee <laughs> with, you know, cappuccinos <laughs> that are on the top. You have to pick them and roast them, but they are a very, very easy plant to, to grow in your garden. Right. And they look quite attractive as well. You can use them. They look a little bit like a gardenia. Uh, but you get these green berries that, you know, finally they turn red. Yep. And that's when you pick them, apparently. Um, I wouldn't know because I just go down the coffee shop. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and you can hedge them. You can do whatever you want for them. So if you've got a sort of a semi-shady spot that you need some hedging, you know, maybe in, underneath some other, other trees, uh, they do make quite an attractive-looking uh, plant to have. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't get too tall. Uh, ours at work is probably only about 1.8 to 2 metres tall. So they're not an outrageously tall plant. They're oh, okay. really, so really easy to look after. About hip height? A bit taller than hip height? No, no. Well, hip. No, no, about 1.8 or 2 metres oh, right. tall. That's... You're a very tall man, yeah. Greg. But, so uh, we're talking about yeah. head height, shoulder <laughs> We're not talking about jaws from uh, James Bond here. I think I need to learn my mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking the old scale. I meant the old scale. All right, right, right okay, yeah, yeah. So, look, yeah, a coffee plant, if you... Uh, coffee Arabica or Arabica, I think they say oh, it yeah, on the... Arabica. Mac- yeah. I think they... Uh, yeah, there's my the pronunciation. Yeah. I'm going to Melbourne to see how they pronounce Arabica now. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Latin, you would have been all over it. I would have been, yeah. No worries. It is Gardening Talk back on 2 FM 103.7. Scott Sharp, I'm sad to say that's all for us today. Okay, we'll have to stop uh, talking.